We're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. Now follow along with me as I read. Now the day was ending, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away, that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging, and get something to eat, for here we are in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless perhaps we go and buy food for all these people. For there was about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down to eat in groups of about 50 each. So they did so, and they had them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and broke them, and kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. And they all ate and were satisfied, and the broken pieces which they had left over were picked up, twelve baskets full. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. And we're going to be looking at, we're going to be have, we have three points that we would like to cover this morning. The circumstances, the instruction, and then the provision. When someone has an issue or a circumstance that's challenging to the natural eye, they propose, they propose solutions and they propose ideas. And then they have things that they want to do and rather than seeking and looking to God for their instruction first. So often it happens. We come to a place where we think, well, I, I know the answer. I know what to do. I know how to do this. I got this. And, and then God, we propose a solution and the answer to God, and God has the answer all along. Today we're going to be looking at that. Disciples had a dilemma. There was people there that they were ministering to, and they were hungry, um, as often we get when we don't have food for a while, and they needed lodging, and the disciples said, well, here we are, we're going to go and get some food, and so Jesus proposes a solution, and then Jesus provides in abundance, so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're looking at our first point, the circumstances. Now, Last week, when I talked about um, in our in our message, I was I used um, a couple verses that are part of this as well, verses 10 and 11, which lead up to this very uh, situation circumstance. And they were Jesus was ministering to them. He was ministering to this large group of people. And let's look at that verse 11. It says, "But the crowds were aware of this and followed him and welcomed them." He began speaking to them about the kingdom of God and curing those who had been need of healing. So the disciples had followed Jesus. The disciples had come back, and now the crowds had followed Jesus. And so they're in this place called uh, Bethsaida. And they were there. This is in the region of Galilee. And as they were there, Jesus teaches them and is doing healing and is doing a work that he has been doing, and it's just a continuation of that work. But then, as like I said, all we all happen is that people listen for a long time and are out in the middle of the desert, or in the middle of uh, out in the middle of the wilderness there, uh, and they get hungry. How many of us have ever got hungry? 
Our stumbles grumble some, sometimes during grumble sometimes during even the message. And we get hungry and we start thinking about food because that's what keeps us going. And so the disciples were aware of this. And he, the disciples were among, remember there's 12, 12 of them, and disciples were among the people. And disciples saying, you know, Jesus, we better do something about this. We're in the middle of this place, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of food out here. There's not a lot of things that we can do to provide for the people. Is there? Normally, I'll give you an example. Normally, I, I go with my with my job. Um, sometimes I go on trainings and I go on conferences. Um, and during those conferences, sometimes what they do is they provide for. They, they provide meals there, or you can purchase meals there. So there's a, a way and a provision, because they know that people get hungry. They know that people have a need to eat. If you don't eat, then you can't think clearly, and you start to get, sometimes you start to get a little uh, antsy, or sometimes you start to get a little, um, uh, we, and I shouldn't say mean, but we get, we get grumpy, because we don't have our food. And so at these conferences, what they do is they provide food for the people. Well, Jesus, this is sort of like a, a conference, isn't it? It's sort of like it's a teaching that Jesus has given to the people, but the only problem is that there's no food there. There's no food. They don't have much food to provide for the people, so what are they going to do? And the disciples say, well, you know, we could, Jesus, we probably just need to send the people away, send them into the surrounding villages, send them into surrounding towns, help them to find lodging, um, help them to get some food, get some food in their bellies, and they get taken care of. And that was the disciples' solution to the problem. They noticed that there was a problem, they noticed there was a, an issue at hand, and then they proposed a solution to that problem. Without even thinking, a solution in their natural mind. A solution in their natural way of doing things. Just send them away, and, you know, uh, so they can find food and they can be taken care of. And so often we do that, don't we? When there's a solution, when there's a, I mean, when there's a problem, when there's a dilemma, when there's a circumstance or a situation that's going on in our lives, we often look to the natural for the answers, don't we? First, that's the first thing that we often do, don't we? I know I do. I, I'm guilty of it. I am. I am. I'm guilty of it. We look for the answers in the natural. Okay, this is the easy, this is the best way to do this. Okay, I'll do this, 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 and this. And this will take care of the problem, and then we're, and then we're good. And then we don't have to worry about it anymore. And so often, we miss out on what God wants to do first. What if that's not what God wants to do? We want to feel in charge sometimes, don't we? When we have the answers, it makes us feel empowered, doesn't it? It makes us feel good. Oh, I got the answer. I got the solution. I got the, I got the thing that I need to do. Right? It makes you feel good about yourself. I know it does for me. But sometimes our answers are not always the answer. Even though it might solve the problem, 
our, our solutions or our problems are not always the way that God would do things, the way that God has proposed or God has in mind of what he wants to do. And that's what we need to be cognizant of. That's what we need to be mindful of. Is, okay, and here's a dilemma, here's a situation. Rather than proposing a situation firsthand, asking, okay, God, what do I need to do? Well, let's go on here. The instruction, verse uh, uh, part two. It says, but he said to them, you give them something to eat. Okay, so he puts the ball back in their court. And that's ironic. Is that, well, that's, well, how, well I, I, we just came to them. They, they just came to Jesus, and now Jesus is telling them, you give them something to eat. They were looking to Jesus, and he, Jesus is saying, well, you do it. They had a solution, but Jesus wasn't satisfied with what their solution was. So he puts the ball back in the court and says, well, you take care of it. And so, so often, that's what God does with us, isn't it? We propose a solution, we, we, we do it a solution, and God says, wait a minute, you take care of the situation. And watch, and, what, and watch and see what I can do. But we don't often want to take that responsibility, do we? When God gives us a responsibility, God gives us a responsibility. We, we propose an answer to God, but then God proposes something different. We don't always like that because it's not comfortable. It's not what we're used to, is it? Sometimes God's way of doing things is not comfortable with us. It doesn't make sense, does it? We're, as human beings, we're comfortable with the way we know how to do things. Way we're used to doing things. We don't, as human beings, we don't like change. And the older we get, the less less we like change. Unless we like we like things set, we like things order, we like things done the way they're supposed to be, the way we think they should be done. And then the older we get. And when we're younger, we're like that, and then when we're older, we we we, we kind of revert back to it. But the reality, because it, it feels comfortable, it feels safe. But God was saying, you know, I understand what you're saying. Here, I know your solution, but I'm going to put the ball back in your court, and I'm going to propose something different. And that's what, something that we have to be okay with. We have to come to a place where we're okay with what God says to do. There's a problem, and there's a, a need of a solution. We provide that solution in our own mind, in our own set, but then God puts it back on us and proposes something different that we're not used to or not comfortable with, and that's for a place where we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with what God says He wants to do. Because sometimes in our human nature, I'm like this as well, is that I'm not, I feel more comfortable with the way that I've done things in the past, or a way of doing things, rather than and when, I'm some, when God proposes something new or different, I kind of get uncomfortable because I don't know what to expect. How many of us have ever been there before? It's where God proposes something different than what we propose, and we kind of get uncomfortable with that. Because we don't, because we're, at what, it, what happens is that we're out of control. God, we think, 
when God puts it back in our court, it's saying that I'm going to be in control, but I'm going to give you the tools and the things necessary in order to carry out the solution to the problem. But I'm going to be in control. It's when we propose the answer or the solution to God, it's that we're still in control, aren't we? Yeah. Rather than submitting and to God and saying, okay, God, I can't do this. What's your answer? What are you going to do? What's your, what do you want to do? And God says, okay, here's my solution. Here's what I'm, I want to do. This is how we're going to do it. And this is how I'm going to equip you to do it. Because he wants to use us as people to what? To carry out his what? His solution or his answer to the dilemma or the thing that's going on at that moment. Let's go on here. Um, and they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless perhaps we go buy food for all these people. Now again, Jesus puts, it, puts the thing back in them. It's okay, Jesus. We have five loaves and two fish. How is this going to happen, Jesus? How is this going to happen? What's going to happen here? And so often, we look at the things that God has provided, the things that God has given us, And somehow, some way, we're thinking in our mind, we're thinking in our heart, this is not going to do it. How can it do it? Because we're looking at it from what? The natural what? The natural mind, the natural perspective, rather than looking at it from God's perspective. Five loaves and two fish. Doesn't seem like there's a large crowd there. Large crowd. Doesn't seem like that would be enough. We would we would go and if we if we if we only had if we have a, like a large crowd, like if we're prepared for something, we want to make sure that we have plenty of food. Five loaves and two fish doesn't seem like it's going to be a lot. Doesn't seem like in the natural that would be enough. But with God, it's enough. When God says it's enough, it's enough. Because God has the answer, and God knows what he wants to do ahead of time. Did this circumstance catch Jesus off guard? Was he unaware that this was going to happen? Absolutely not. He knew that was going to happen. He knew that the disciples were going to ask him that. And he already had the answer. That's the same way it is with us. God knows we have circumstances and dilemmas and situations in our lives that maybe are out of our control. And he already has, he knows all that ahead of time. And he already has a solution and the answer in mind. Already has it. However that looks like. In this circumstance, in this situation, the answer was five loaves and two fish. But that didn't seem like enough in the natural mind. And that's where we have to come to a place where when God makes a provision for a solution or a problem, we have to trust Him that that's going to be enough 
and he knows what he's doing, and that he's going to use whatever we have, whatever he's given us, as the answer for the solution, the answer to the problem that he wants to solve. He wants to use us, but he also wants us to trust him with the resources that he has given. Right? Because God will always provide what is necessary. God will never provide, God will never provide not enough. He won't. Never, ever, ever, ever. Even though it looks like it's not enough from the natural eye, with God, whatever God provides is always enough. Whatever he provides is always enough. And we just have to trust him with that. And that's what's really, really, really important. Whatever we have, whatever God's given us, we need to be good stewards of what God's given us, but at the same time, we need to trust that whatever he's given us, it's going to be enough to answer the problem and answer the solution and answer the situation. Right? Will God leave us hanging? What does the scripture say? It says, I will never leave you in what? Nor forsake you. Never. Ever. Ever. With, with, with whatever means he chooses to provide for, uh, with whatever means he chooses to provide us with, he's going to do it. But we need to trust him that he's going to do it with, with, with those means. So here we have two loaves and, two fit, and five fish. Um, and unless, and the people... Perhaps we can go and buy food for all these people because even then the disciples, even though they saw Jesus do miracles, even though they saw Jesus do things that were beyond, people set free from demonic spirits, people's bodies healed, the dead raised. Jairus' daughter was raised to life. Uh, people brought healing to him. And then the disciples... In this situation, there was another need, and people needed to be provided for. People needed provision, didn't they? Is that no less a need than for healing or to be set free from uh, demonic possession? Absolutely not. Possess, uh, having food is a provision that God, God said that he'll provide for us and take care of us, like the, like the sparrows. He knows all about all the sparrows, and he knows their needs, and he knows their... And he provides for them, every one of them, as the scriptures teach. So here, as well, he knows what they're going to need. But even, even, in, the, even in that, the disciples didn't trust him. Because listen to what they said. Unless perhaps we go and buy food for all these people. Still then, they didn't trust him with that provision, did they? They didn't. They didn't trust him at that moment. Unless we go and uh, unless we go, perhaps buy, go and buy food for all these people. We only have five loaves and two fish. So they still weren't trusting in the provision that God had. They saw the natural provision that Jesus had, didn't they? They saw the natural, and this is what God. This is what they saw. They were looking with natural eyes rather than looking with faith eyes, looking with spiritual eyes and saying, okay God, this is all I have. This is all I have. This is all we have. Okay, I'm gonna, okay Jesus, what do you want us to do with these five loaves and these two fish? 
Though they were saying, well, unless perhaps we go into these other villages and go buy more food. Because this is not going to be enough, Jesus. And what they're basically telling Jesus was this food, was, this provision was not enough. And they were still trying to propose their own answers. So often as we do, even when God makes a provision, we're still proposing answers because to us in our own natural eye, it doesn't look like it's enough. Rather than trusting God with what he's given, saying, okay, God, I don't understand this. I don't see, I don't see, I don't understand. It doesn't seem like it's enough, God, but I'm going to trust you anyway. I'm going to trust you that this is going to be what the provision that we're going to need in order to get through this. And then he says, it says, for there were about 5,000 men. I'm sure, you've, I'm sure you've heard this message before, but it wasn't just 5,000 men. It was probably their wives and probably children. So you're looking probably more like over 10,000 people. Or close to that. So that's a lot of people, isn't it? Can you imagine folks of us who like to cook, trying to cook and prepare for 10,000 people? A lot of work. Really? And back then they didn't have these convection ovens and nice big ovens and gas stoves and it was all wood and, and easy. So, but God already knew. So here you're looking at like 10,000 plus people and you have five loaves and two fish. But you've seen Jesus do all these miraculous things. You've seen Jesus heal. You've seen Jesus raise the dead. You've seen Jesus um, set people demonic, free from demonic spirits. You've been a part of that. You've been, you participated in it. And you've done that yourself. Remember the disciples went out and that's what they did. But here is where it's really hard. It's where we have to come to a place where saying, God, I don't understand this, God. I don't understand this. I don't understand your provision, but I'm going to trust you, God. Somehow, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, God. Because you're able to provide. You're able to do the miraculous. You're able to do what only you can do. What only you can do in this circumstance and situation. And I'm going to trust you. And that's the place where he wants us to come. It's a place of trust. Trusting him that he is able to do whatever he says he's going to do with, with, with whatever means he has provided for us to do it. Right? He can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and he said to his disciples, have them sit down to eat in groups of about 50 each. Remember, Jesus already had a plan, didn't he? And this was Jesus' instruction. He knew how many people were there. He knew how much means he had. And he knew the plan that he was going to do. And so, of course, God is a God of order, isn't he? He's not, a God of, he's not a God of chaos, but he's a God of order. And so God had an order and a plan set up. He's going to, okay, we're going to have people, it's a large crowd here, we're going to have them set up in groups of 50. And so if you say that, that's probably about 200 people. Um, if you have about 10,000 people, it's probably about 200 people per group. So it's a little bit more manageable. So... Um, so think about this. Uh, what about Jesus saying, okay, now the disciples were saying, okay, God, I don't understand this, 
but I'm going to follow your lead. They've seen Jesus do great things. And Jesus says, I know you don't understand. I know you're still thinking that you can do this, but just follow me. And that's what he says to us. He says, just follow my lead. Follow my instruction. Follow, tell you, I'll tell you, do what I tell you to do, and it's going to be okay. Just do what I tell you to do. And so he had them, the first instruction was, have them get in the groups. And then think about this. This is funny. I just thought about this. It wasn't even enough to have one loaf and one fish for each of the disciples. Because you think about it, it's only seven. And how many disciples are there? Twelve. Think about that. And so, disciples go over to where the fish are and the, and the, the bread, and they just start taking. They just start taking. And then they start distributing to the people. And they, and they keep taking, and it, keep, it never runs out. It doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. It doesn't run out until everyone is what? Provided for. And it says here, they did so and had them all sit down. And so they all had them all sit down in their groups. And he took the five loaves, two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke them and kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. So you see how Jesus, of course, my boys and I and my family, we always give thanks to the Lord before our meals. And obviously, provision comes from... Why do we do that? Because we have to? Because it's a ritual? Because it's, oh, you better bless your food before you eat? Because it's the right thing to do? No, because we do, because we're thankful to who? To God from whom we're. Our provisions have come from. And what does Jesus do? Jesus, his provision came from where? His Father didn't they? And so obviously, what does he do? He blesses, he gives the, takes the bread, he blesses it, and he thanks his Father for the provision. Doesn't he? Rather than not, and this is really important, folks, because sometimes we look at the negative side of our provision that God has given us. And we say, God, this is not enough. Rather than thanking him and blessing him for what he has given us. Right? Think about that. Think about that perspective. Thanking him for what he has given to us. For the solution and the problem. Because all our answers and all our solutions come from whom? Ultimately, from him. Right? Don't they? And thanking, and thanking God for that. And what thanking God means is that, okay, God, I thank you that you are going to provide for what, you know, thank you for what we have and what you're going to do here in the circumstance in this situation. Thank you, God. And it's an act of faith. It's an act of, of worship to God, saying, God, thank you. Thank you for this food. Thank you for this blessing. Not just a ritual that you have to do. Because it's, it's because it's what you do, it's because you're what you're supposed to do. It's because it comes from an overflow of a heart of thanksgiving to God, saying, God, thank you for what you provided for. And then you watch 
what God has done. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Right? Count your blessings. And you see what God has done and will do. Right? Because he's got a wonderful plan that he wants to accomplish. And we, in faith, give thanks to him for the solution, don't we? And as we give thanks, what happens? The provisions come, doesn't it? Think about that. Because the, disciple, because the disciples came to Jesus. And he came to him. And he kept coming to him. He kept coming to him because Jesus, and they kept going and distributing, and going and distributing, going and distributing to probably 10,000 plus people. And they kept coming to him. And the solution, God's solution and God to, to the answer was it didn't run out. Well, let's go on to our last point, the provision. And they all ate and were satisfied. So, okay. They all ate and were satisfied. In other words, their tummies were what? Full. That's a good feeling sometimes, isn't it? When your stomachs are full after a nice, good meal. That's a good feeling. I like that feeling. And so they were all satisfied. In other words, they were all had what they needed. They were all had what they needed in order to be satisfied with their hunger. But listen to this, and this is really important. Because the last part of this verse says, and, and the broken pieces which they had left over were picked up 12 baskets full. I'm not sure how much how many fit in the basket. But here they had going from a negative resource to a positive overflowing abundant resource. The people were taken care of and then they had an abundance, didn't they? Twelve baskets full of abundance of food. Right? Think about that. Think about how God does things sometimes. God sometimes just doesn't provide and just meet our needs. But what God does sometimes is that he overflows in abundance with our needs. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. And that's what we need to trust him for. Even when we look at the things that we have, say, God, this is not enough. Meet his need. But when we're obedient to him, and this is really what's really important, folks. It's when we're obedient to his instruction, even though we don't understand, even though we don't know, we can't see what he's doing with the meager means that we have or what he's, what he's provided for. As we trust him with what he's given us and we use that, he meets the need, but not only does he meet the need, sometimes he overdoes. He does what? He overflows in abundance, doesn't he? And that comes from faith, from us trusting him. It's one, and I, and I struggle with this sometimes too, is that when I don't trust him, then I miss out on what he wants to do and wanted to do in my circumstance and my situation. Right? 
And sometimes that's where we just have to trust them. Oh, God, I don't understand well, what you've given us. God, I don't know how this is going to work out. But God, I'm going to follow your instruction. If you tell me to do this, this, and this with what you've given me here, I'll do it, God. I don't see how it's going to happen. But I'm going to do it anyway. And you watch what God does. You watch what he does. And you see the provisions that he provides as a result of that. Right? It doesn't take a lot. They used, tell me this, would 12 disciples, you think being, God's plan was for the gospel to go where? To go out into all the purpose, wasn't it? And you think 12 people was going to be enough? Right? You look at that, now look, look at that, I've just thought about that. You think that that's 12 guys, fishermen no less, not really highly educated, but men who, men who just tr trusted God, even though they were flawed, even though they were men who had their own idiosyncrasies and were, weren't maybe the most prominent or the most noble or the most, but God knew their hearts, and he used 12 of them to reach the world today. And how many Christians are they claim are in the world today as a result of 12 men? One man, Jesus, going to 12 men who in turn would go out and spread the gospel to where? All the world. And then here we are today, uh, how many tens of millions of Christians or even more, hundreds of millions of Christians throughout the world today? Would you have thought that that's an answer to a problem, 12 fishermen? I wouldn't have looked at that. I would have had a greater plan, but God had a plan that was much greater than beyond what our eyes could see. And with our, in our circumstance and our solution, God has a greater plan and purpose and solution that's greater beyond, than beyond the means which what we have right in front of us and which God has provided for us. But we need to trust Him and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I will do what you tell me to do and watch what God does in our circumstances. Amen.